It's time to get to work. This is Digging Deeper with Westrack. Thanks for tuning in to this fourth and final part of our series on deriving value from investment in technology. This series came from a recent webinar hosted by Westrack, in which we brought together a panel of subject matter experts, including General Manager Construction Industries Cameron Calloway, Group Manager Client Solutions Chelsea Gray, General Manager Technology Alistair McPherson, and Director of Caratha-based core group Dane Core. We wrap up the conversation by looking at the ways in which people, process and technology are continuing to come together to drive improvements in safety, productivity, efficiency and sustainability. We've built a facility in Collie to enable us to train people to support the autonomous haulage fleet. Um, That skill set simply didn't exist 10 years ago. The people, the roles um, didn't exist. So we've had to build that for ourselves and for the industry And, and I think it's a really interesting topic when you talk about the operators because I think one of the challenges we're going to have going forward, we're going to have a digitally savvy generation coming through. They're comfortable with the technology, they've got to work out how to apply it, and then we've got mid-career people who understand the work that we're doing but may not understand the technology. And how do we get those two to come together? Often we focus at the, the development end, the, the, the pathway coming through, and we absolutely have to. But we shouldn't forget we've got companies with with lots of employees already, how do we upskill them and how do we leverage all of the knowledge they've got? Um, So from an operator perspective in the mines, for example, the haul truck operator was often the entry point to a mining operation. If you're fully autonomous, you don't have that entry point now. So how do you train the dozer operator and the digger operator and all those things where they've not got that pit awareness and just the mining 101 type experience? So I think the education space is, is really going to be quite fascinating as to how we, uh, I think we have to change our education model and how do we do that fast enough as well. The rate of change of technology is so quick that I think some of our education models and frameworks um, are going to have to change as well. It's scary, like I know on my head with, with, with our training people, like we've taught my brother, I know how, I kind of see it, how it works and it's actually with taking videos of the older generation showing me how to do different scenarios and then here's what you should do in this scenario, but again, and then the, on the paper as well, and then the, the computer, but I've just got to get it to try and all mould together. So you are right, because you do look at this going, I was lucky I grew up in machines. I was very fortunate because mm. of dad, he enabled us to do that, but not every person's going to have that. So I broke everything when I was teenage years, so I got away with it. But never, not everyone's going to be able to mm. do that and coming through on a job. And if you have an accident on a job now, as you know, it's your license to operate. Mm. Bang. There is, you know, and that could be the difference between you actually surviving and or you getting a job or not. So this we've got to be mindful of. We've got to train these kids right, but we've got to give them space to learn where they feel comfortable to learn and not have the pressure to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. They're going to. But we've got to give them the comfortability to be able to make that mistake and not feel they're going to hurt anyone at the same time. And be part of, like, what's next? Like, what are the solutions? You know, we've kind of talked about some of the technology and not making the most of it. I think that next generation, if we train them right, will we'll provide that next emphasis to kind of how do we how do we make the most of this? Yeah, it's an exciting path. Um, again, I don't have all the answers <laughs> now. Like I said, five years ago, I wouldn't be didn't think we we're going to be here. So for the next five years, I, I do look forward. But definitely needs to be standardisation industry. Right, you've got to enter it. Here's how it is. Like you said, for the the mining truck for us, it was all the roller or the yep. water cart. They, they start low and they build the way up to the loader, to the excavator, to the grader, you know, and to the dozer. So you see these guys who have done the time, it, they make it look like an art. So the trick is now with technology, how do we get to our young kids to that point quicker mm. and more efficiently, but safely, but also with the same knowledge that these 
our older generation had to begin mm. with. So. so Chelsea may be going on that vein and we talk about remote diagnosis and the, and the logic of actually being understand, you know, dial into a machine and understand what's wrong with it before we actually travel the 400 kilometres in the vast uh, Western Australia or 800 depending on where Dane's work mm -hmm. site is. How do you see that changing, you know, the next few years? I think that a lot will happen in the remote diagnosis space in the next few years. So I, I guess there's a few things. One, you know, largely we have the technology to make that happen. And we saw in other places in the world um, across cat dealers where um, COVID hit harder and they actually had rules around, around some of that, um, how, you know, that innovation and how that technology was, was uh, used to um, increase the amount of remote diagnosis that was done. I also think in terms of the subject that we were just talking about and you know, training people and that link between all of a sudden uh, there being a lot higher skills, a lot different skills on the machines. Remote diagnosis helps with that solution too, right? Because you can direct the problem to the right person and have them supplement whoever's there uh, and, the, and the people on the machine at a much lower cost and with the right skill set and, and get things done quicker with less duplication and obviously get the, the outcome that you want. From a West Trap perspective, it's, it's something that we are currently working on. Um, you know, outside of COVID, probably our geography gives us the best um, impetus to kind of really make the most of that because of the distances that do need to be travelled. Uh, so it's really something that I hope, you know, we talk about five years and the crystal ball that we can be sitting here and it will be a, a really big tool in our toolkit. I think it becomes basically, you're not, you're not a maintenance company, you're pre preventative maintenance now. Mm. So you're actually preventing things happening in the first place. Mm. Now it's like, yeah, you, you know it, you see the machines. Yeah. And we've got that side of it. We've got we've got the data. We've got the information to be able to to actually understand what's happening. Um, it's kind of that that process. People working with our customers put that in place to go. Okay, if this is hap if this happens, this is how we're going to actually handle it, and this is how we're going to be able to actually solve this problem in a, in a way that might be different from before. Yeah. You're listening to Digging Deeper with West Track. It's been a fascinating conversation and, you know, really interesting. It seems as we look for the future, it's not one, you know, there's not one silver bullet that's going to get us to the vision that we all have. There's lots and lots of steps along the way. We've recently just seen Caterpillar join together their mining and construction technology and autonomy uh, teams to really guide the future in one direction. You know, we've talked a lot about data and I, I think we're still early in that space of what what do, we, what do we do with that data? How, how can we get insights from it? How can we continually improve? We talked a lot about people, the people that interact and what's the job of the future look like and how can we train an operator? And you know, consider in my team, we have a, a couple of operator demonstrators that are globally first class, but I can't have them in every location at once. So how do we use the technologies to actually bring that on board? If you're a new machine, you pull on a lever and the operator has an option to watch a video of that particular function or mm. our service people have that intuitive way of getting them straight to the training as well as you know potential new trades. So maybe to wrap up, if, if each of you could give us a view of how do you see uh, the next little while, what's the crystal ball, how how's things play out, how do, how do we see that affect us as a dealer, as, as a customer, as a service provider, uh, that'd be fantastic. Alison, maybe start with you. Sure. Um, we will see, or we're already seeing, a significant and rapid expansion of, of the product range where technology is, is coming out uh, ex-factory or becoming options. Um, so in the automation space, we're seeing automation flow into uh, many other product lines. We've got drills and dozing. Um, whilst it's not something um, Westrack supports, we've got autonomous trains. 
Uh, we've just recently had announcements on autonomous water carts with, with Rio Tinto, and that's going to continue to go in the mining space. Uh, in, the, in the construction space, if you look at a next-gen excavator, uh, arguably the electronic architecture on that supports automation if you wanted it. Um, and it's not so much that we're necessarily fully automated, but it, it has some of those functions on there. It controls dig, it controls lift, yep. we have geofencing capability. So I think we will definitely see that proliferation across more product. Um, connectivity is going to get better. So we'll get 5G, that's going to be faster again. That enables more data to be transmitted more quickly. Things like video transmission becomes easier and easier. And that's not only sending a video, but it's receiving. So a next-gen excavator has um, you know, 3D cameras on it. In theory, that remote help could now be almost, you know, press the red button in the cab, I need help from, from Westrack. They can dial in, they can see my site now. Yeah. They can see the machine digitally in terms of what the machine's doing from a, a remote operation. function. We could help them literally remotely. So I think those technologies will continue to combine and create new opportunities for us to support and, and for the customers to, to continue to get more efficient. Mm. I think, yeah, the CVA, what he was saying with the CVA agreements that I have, I think, coming from someone who had no CVA agreements probably three years ago to someone who has all the CVA agreements with, <laughs> with Westrack now. Um, I think that's been a, a great help. Um, I think you also touched on where it's going to go. That, that dial-in, remote dial-in, I think is a big, big one. Uh, we still have a little bit of issues remotely with, again, dropout with around, around up in the West Pilbara. Um, I think that will have to improve for that to get through. Um, it should do because of the amount of money that comes out of that one little area. So I think it should be, to me, it should have full cell service. With that then becomes, again, better connectivity. And then also our, on our aspect is training end of it. I think we have our great agreement, our great structure and our, our sort of mechanics training well. It's just now how do we train, I think, the operators now. I think um, getting the training down to people is going to be our next, next foreseeable future. And you did touch on whether having its video on the machine, like you come up to a certain part, how do I do this? And to to learn to train. So um, again, I'm not too sure what it looks like, but that's where I'd like to see a massive improvement in is a training. Dame, before we go into Chelsea, do you see, you know, Caterpillar have now released uh, remote operations, so you can operate your, your excavator from your office here in certain applications or a dozer. Do you see that in your business? Do you see applications? Definitely remotely, yeah. I think, I think around people and around, I still think it's a bit of a touchy subject for everyone still. But I have actually driven one at the last fair they had. I think um, I think it was you guys at BHP might have had one. The big D11 dozer, a D10 drove being driven remote. I did see that. It was quite actually a lot of fun. Um, I think on a bigger scale, yes, but not so much around. I think it's just it's area. Like I know our D5 can have it done. Our 336 yeah. can have it done. Our D8 can do it now. I'd love to do it and have a bit of fun. Um, it's just the location-wise, but definitely at the right time. Where there's a safety need, or where there's a safety need, need and and, it, and we're not we're not dealing with people on the ground. That that's where it comes into it. Yeah, Chelsea. I'll continue my theme around data. <laughs> I think um, two things. One, really excited about some of the latest machine learning technologies. Really give us a lot more flexibility and scalability in terms of providing different customers or so, you know who have the same problem with models that will work on their site. So I think that starts to be a game changer. But this, the second point that, point that complements that is the improvement in our ability to integrate between the OEM or CAT, Westrack and the customer. So that's just becoming so much easier. And that, you know, personally is the biggest shift I've seen over the last couple of years. Uh, and if we see that, you know, going into the future, we can all see the same thing and then making sure whoever's best suited is, is working on the problem 
using that using that data. Awesome. I think that's a great wrap up. Um, we we think about changing the the view of maintenance being a you know an issue that is always a motive to actually being a real positive because it's been predictive. We're working together with our customers. It's not. Uh, it's planned, it's not unplanned, so really exciting. Yeah. Thank you all for your time. I think it's been yeah. a great discussion, really appreciate it. That concludes our four-part in-depth discussion on realising value from investment in technology. We've covered a lot of ground and the resounding message is that when people, process and technology come together, value and success are an obvious outcome. Thanks for tuning in, and if you want to know more, you can find a wealth of resources, including links to other podcasts, webinars, white papers, and plenty of product and service information at westtrack.com.au. It's time to knock off for another episode of Digging Deeper with Westtrack. For more episodes, head over to westtrack.com.au.